Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field, or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. For anyone listening who has recently graduated from college or finds themselves unemployed, you'll want to listen to this podcast. We're going to talk to three recent college graduates. Each one will share their personal story about college, how they decided on their major, what they did during college that they felt helped them after graduating and securing a position in their chosen field what types of challenges they faced during the job search process, and so much more. Shortly after graduation, each of my guests were offered a position in their field. And I want to stress, this did happen during a pandemic, which is no small feat. Let me introduce to you today, Madison Cratley, Nicole Cochlin, and Greg Hester. Hi, everyone. Thank, Hi. You for, thank you for coming today. This topic that we're going to talk about today is really something that a lot of people right now are facing a challenging time dealing with. Resume, interviewing, job search, the the whole gamut. And so each of you have your own story, but you all started at the same place. You were very successful in what you needed to do. And we want to talk to you. We want to share ideas. We want to learn from you. And I really think that you'll be very helpful to our listeners. So if we could start, why don't we start with Madison? How did you decide on your major in college? And and in what year were you in uh, college that you decided on your major? I started college at NCCC in 2017. I just went for business and because I I knew I liked the business field, didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Then once I transferred to Damon, the class with actually you. And I finally just figured out what I wanted to do. I was, oh, HR, like I want to help people within the company aspect, the side of it, um, as far as helping employees out. I still stayed in business, but I knew I wanted to go into an HR career. Towards the end of my like time at Damon, I decided um, I might specialize in HR in my last semester. And then um, right now I'm really loving the HR field. I think I'm going to stay with it for a while. I always thought that I might decide to maybe go for my law degree, but really? I still haven't decided as far as that. Well, uh, there's definitely a lot of law that's attached to HR, so that, yeah. that's not yeah. such a far stretch at all. Okay, Nicole, how about you? When, <laughs> when did you decide on your major and what was your major? So I majored in marketing at Damon and I started at Damon in 2016. And I started as a general business major. So I didn't really have a specialization. I kind of like Madison just knew I wanted to go into something to do with business. And then I took my first class with Professor Doyle and that like solidified marketing for me. And I actually sat down with him my sophomore year and put in writing that I was going to be a marketing major. And then I added on my PR minor and my entrepreneurship minor at the same time. Wow. So it was my sophomore year that kind of 
solidified everything for me. And I love everything that has to do with marketing. So I definitely made the right choice. But that first class with Professor Joyle really made it known that that's what I wanted to do. So here's a side question. Do you feel, because both of you sort of were doing general business, was it a good idea to take a lot of different business courses? And then was it one class that actually kind of, you said, that's, that's what I want? How did, it, how did it work out for you? I think general business was a good place to start my freshman year, just because you have such a variety of what you're allowed to take as a freshman in business. And I think that that will help more students figure out like, okay, I actually really don't like accounting. So maybe I'll change to this because then you have the time. So you're not changing like very last minute. And then you have some extra credits that you have to get and stuff like that. So I think general business definitely helps at the start just to kind of help guide you to what you actually would like to do. Madison, do you concur on that? It really definitely helped. And for me personally, I liked almost every business class I took. Even if you find something you really want to do and like specialize in, that's great. But if you turns out you don't like that field, you have that business degree to fall back on, which is also great about the specialization. Okay, Greg, how about you? How did you decide on your major? And at what point of your college did you decide on that? I have uh, less of a traditional path than a lot of other people. I started my career journey uh, a long time ago. I was, I was in the Army, and I got out of the Army in 2016. And, you know, I wasn't really sure what to do, you know, after being in the military for, like, my entire adult life. So I worked in insurance for a little while. It was just really not a, a good fit for me at the time. I was like, you know, I have my GI Bill. I'm going to go back to school and going to uh, at least get an associate's degree in business. I went to Brighton Stratton College and got an associate's degree in business back in, I started in 2017 and finished a little over a year later. I decided to do business because you can do a lot of different things uh, with a business degree, even if it's just an associate's degree and you have work experience behind you that can take you a lot of places. When I was at Brighton Stratton, you know, I was taking a uh, business law class and our professor, he was, he was an HR nerd like me. And he uh, really focused on a lot of employment law. And that's what really got me interested in the field of uh, human resources. Then I started like looking at traditional four-year schools and, you know, who had an HR program and Damon College was, was one of those schools. So I transferred to Damon College in 2018. Right away, I, I knew that I was going to do something with HR. So I kept my, my major with business and did a HR specialization. I was really lucky that, you know, like one of my first classes at Damon was an HR management class. So I really got to you know, kind of get my feet wet in that sense. And then uh, while I was at Damon, my advisor was like, you know, you, you have quite a few electives you need to take uh, so you can graduate. You have a lot of core classes, but you need quite a few electives. So I was looking through my, you know, course book and I saw entrepreneurship. So I, I took an entrepreneurship class and then you know, from there I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I'm, I think I want to do the minor. So I did the minor and entrepreneurship too. And I really think that that helped me out as well. You know, you have general business knowledge that also you have interests 
and specialized places within business like entrepreneurship and human resources or marketing or accounting or you know what have you you know it, it's so interesting because 30 years ago i had no idea what i wanted to do and i went the route of humanities took some courses in all different types of things and one of them was that hr class HR 101, it was probably a little different than um, more recent. But as soon as I took that class, I knew that that is what I wanted to do. Like that kind of put everything in perspective for me. I knew I wanted to help people. I thought about social work. I, you know, I went all across the board on what I could do, not knowing that there was, in those days, we called it personnel. I didn't know that that existed. And then when I took that class and they talked about it, then that's at that moment that I knew. So it's interesting for all of us how, you know, mm -hmm. you have some ideas, you have some, some thoughts, you try some new things out, and then all of a sudden it just kind of falls into place. And all of a sudden you're like, yep, that's what I want to do. Over the last four years, whether you were at a different school first and then you went to Damon or you were at Damon, are there things that you can think of along the way that you were doing, that you did, that you learned to do, that would help you prepare you for when you graduated and you were trying to get your foot in that first career job. Anything stand out to any of you? Let's start with Nicole this time. I think the one thing that definitely stands out is I really like honed in my communication skills. I really put myself out there and trying to like talk with professors and get involved in a bunch of stuff on campus. And I've been complimented at my internship and my current position on my communication skills. And I feel like taking really a hard initiative to work on that when I was a freshman helped me in not only all of my classes, but in now talking with colleagues and talking with managers. And it really, it was worth the time to really sit there and be like, okay, does this email that I'm sending to my professor look like something that would be sent to a professor or is it like having spelling errors and grammatical errors so it it was worth it to take the time and work on communication skills absolutely how about greg do you have anything that you can think of yeah definitely so there's a a couple of things before i decided to uh, transfer to damon i was finishing up an internship and actively looking for full-time job i was i was really trying to I guess do it all. Um, so I wanted to, you know, get my bachelor's degree, but I wanted to to work full time at the same time. You know, I, that didn't end up working out. But I did a round of interviews at a certain place. I'm not going to name names, but I did a round of interviews at a certain place, uh, and it didn't work out at the time for me to get that job. But about a year later, I applied for an internship at that same company. And they remembered me and remembered that I came in for five interviews, five, wow. five interviews. And they were like, well, you weren't a good fit for any of those positions. But for this HR internship, I think that uh, you're a shoe-in. So I came in for another interview and I hit it off and uh, they offered me the internship. And I got a lot of experience from that. And I've definitely gotten uh, callbacks for uh, interviews just because of that one internship. Wow. So I guess the lesson learned is never give up. Yeah. Try and try again. 
And Madison, how about you? Can you think of anything over the last four years that really has helped you when you graduated and, and try to solidify a position in your career? Kind of going off of what Nicole said about communication, um, the networking events that were given and the opportunity arose for us to have networking events, go to networking events through Damon. Those really helped as far as like interacting with other professionals and learning how to interact with other professionals. How you present yourself is very important. And I think Damon gave us like a lot of opportunities to do that, which really helped as far as interviewing, networking in general, because um, networking was a really important part as far as just reaching out to your connections. And I think that some of the things that you're talking, all three of you are talking about, are in some ways skills that sort of fall to the wayside on at times because they don't people don't think that they're as important like simply like Nicole said writing an email sometimes you just respond to an email really quickly and hit the send button and then sometimes you have a second thought and think oh I shouldn't have done that or I should have rephrased that it is those first impressions those all represent who you are and so I think that you know that is really important the networking piece is is huge, and I think that a lot of people have had to relearn how to network with the pandemic going on. There's a you know it's just a different way of doing things, but you still need to network, and it's still very important. I think the biggest thing is when you don't succeed, you do try. There's a way to work around it, even if you know many times I I find that I will be in interviews with people. And they're interviewing for one specific job. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? This just isn't a good fit for them. But I know that this other opportunity is coming. So I'm going to keep my, my options open and maybe keep them in that pile for that interview. So sometimes going in as a candidate, you don't know all the things that are going on in the background. And there could be other opportunities. So even if you think you didn't do well for that one initial interview, you got to give it your best because you don't know all the other possibilities that could be coming out of that one particular interview. And that's kind of what Greg said is, you know, five times you would think that you might have used up all your chances, <laughs> but I think that that just shows you just don't ever, ever give up. There's, there's always opportunities. So now we are all still living in this pandemic right now, New York, we're holding our own right now as we look around the other states are, are really looking like we did not so long ago. But even though New York is doing better, the pandemic is still affecting employment. It's still affecting companies in Western New York. It's still affecting companies throughout the United States and the way in which they're doing business. If we could just kind of look at for a minute, what challenges did you face after graduation trying to find opportunities. And I know, you know, everybody without the pandemic has challenges. With the pandemic, you have added uh, challenges. So let's start with Greg. Give us an idea of what did it look like when you graduated and go from there. I started my job search back in February and we finished, all of us finished our degrees back in, back in May. I started applying and I was getting some callbacks. A lot of people that were calling me back were like, well, you're still in school. Your availability is not, not great. We need somebody now. I was running into that at the time. And then we had spring break. 
And that was in March. And that's when everything started to go crazy. I remember the the week of spring break before the New York State on pause order was put into place. I had three interviews that week. And I had one job offer on the table uh, that I was considering. And then um, I had a follow-up interview scheduled with one company. And then another company had just done a second interview and I was pretty sure I was going to get a job offer from them. So then the New York State on pause order uh, was put put out and those jobs just went away. Like they, they emailed me and said, you know, realistically and logistically, we can't bring someone new on right now. We're, we're trying to maintain what we have. And, you know, I understood, but at the time I was like, that's rough for me. Um, what am I going to do? So, you know, I have a spreadsheet of all the jobs that I've applied for since February, and it is triple digits. I've applied to multiple uh, companies, multiple uh, positions, most of them within my career field. I have applied to a few uh, positions outside of my career field and had a few interviews outside of my career field too. I didn't interview at all of those uh, positions I applied for. I didn't get callbacks for all of them, but you know, I just you know kept going and going and going, and I eventually you know was lucky enough to have somebody call me and say, "Hey, do you want this job?" At what point did you get that call back? So you know, kind of things kind of stopped in the middle of March. At what point did you did you get that final call? Do you remember? So I was hired at my position last month, back in June. And uh, it's for a position I didn't actually apply for. One of the VPs at my company saw me on LinkedIn and messaged me through LinkedIn and said, I have uh, this job for you. I think that you'd be a good fit. Do you want to talk about it? So I shared my number uh, with her and we, we talked on the phone that day. And then a couple hours later, the HR manager called me for a follow-up interview. Uh, and it just went from there. So that's a great testament <laughs> that LinkedIn works. Yeah. And that you don't even have to be trying, that you have to be visible, you have to be on and be active, but that people are looking and they will find you if if you're out there. So that's that's a good story. Nicole, how about you? How did um the challenge with the pandemic and graduating, how did that all fall for you? Kind of like Greg said, I started applying for full-time positions in March and my birthday was on March 13th. And that's kind of when everything stopped. I had applied to, when I got my position that I'm currently in right now, I had applied to about 57 positions from March to, I think it was the beginning of June when I got the interview for my current position. But I think one of the biggest struggles in all of those applications is that I feel like the amount of time on that you had to have to be considered for the job went up a little bit because they were looking for more experienced people since a lot of the marketing jobs were listed as remote because they couldn't actually have you in the office. Mm -hmm. So I feel like even in May when I was still applying for jobs, they were all listed as remote and you needed six or seven years of experience instead of the like three to five that they usually put for marketing jobs Mm -hmm. and especially the entry level ones. But yeah, that was honestly the biggest one because I would get 
the emails back saying that they were going to go with a more experienced candidate. So it was like, obviously I knew that I didn't have the time, but it felt like all those remote positions, they were looking for someone who they could just hand the baton off to and they'd be off and running. So I feel like they didn't want someone straight out of college yet because if I was working remotely and just out of college, I wouldn't be able to train correctly. I wouldn't be able to have anyone overseeing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that definitely hurt trying to apply for jobs. But the job that I have now, I started, I think it was June 27th. So I've only been there for about a month. All right. And Madison, how about you? Is there anything that stands out as a challenge for you when you were starting to look? Um, So definitely what Nicole said with experience, I think like pandemic aside, that would have still been a challenge. Every place that I got an interview for, applied for, there's always someone more experienced and they'd be like, oh, we went with a more experienced person. And so that really hurt because it was like trying to find a job. It really hurt my chances of finding a job because I was trying to look and trying to apply and then like it was so demotivating it really took just waiting for that person to like take a chance on you so it'd be like okay I'm gonna take this new grad over someone with experience that was what my biggest challenge was the whole time every job that I didn't get someone sent telling me why I didn't get the job was oh we went with someone with more experience So I have a added question here. You know, you see people, you see postings that's three to five years or more, but would you apply to those positions that said three to five years? Depending on like the job description also, it took, I kind of played a fact for me. Like I'd read the job description and then if I felt I could do that job, I would apply to it. Uh, I'm going to have to go with what Madison said, because I've seen some job postings that say like three to five years, but to me sounds more like entry level. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen job postings with, you know, like one to two years, but they don't sound like entry level. So really, I think what's what's going on is that the job rec uh, from the manager, they probably, you know, said to the recruiter, like, we want this, this, and this. And the recruiter may not know necessarily like everything about that job, So, you know, they're probably just using their best guess as to, like, who would be a good fit for that position. I have always told clients and students that if, you know, if you're just coming out of school, you very rarely will see something that says college, just recent college graduate. And I don't even see one to two years very often. I usually, they usually jump to three to five years. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage them to apply. I think that most places that do post jobs, yes, they would probably rather have somebody with three to five years because that probably means that they've worked for one or two other places. So they have some experience, but they will probably get a lot of people who are just graduating. They will probably get people that have more than that experience. But with more of that experience, what I find that's kind of off a little bit is the number of years of experience and the salary that they're going to start you at. For someone who's just coming out, that salary was probably going to fit better just in case they want to go and see if they can find somebody with three to five. Because if they can get three to five and still accept that as salary, then they're gold. But sometimes that doesn't always fit. Now, when you started out, Greg and for Nicole, you were looking back in February or March. That's when you started to actually apply for positions when you knew you were going to graduate in May. Now, Madison, I didn't hear when you really started to try. Did, do you remember when you actually started? 
at first I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like try. Like I saw if I saw a position that I was like, oh, I really like this position, I would apply for it in like March, um, April air time around then. Oh. But I started realizing pretty soon actually that people were looking for someone right then. And I started waiting, but then towards the end of my semester, it got so hectic. Um, and it was all like virtual, so it it got crazy and hectic. So I ended up just applying here and there and really focusing on it once I finished up college. If you had to do it over again, would you still start in February or March? Or would you recommend to students a different time? What do you think? I would say look around. If you see something you like, apply for it, but don't stress about it too much because you still got to focus on graduating in school. So there's really no need to stress about it too much. If you really like a job and you're like, this would be like my dream job if I could get it right out of college, then apply to it. But I wouldn't stress about it too much. Nicole, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. The one good thing about applying to all those jobs while you're still in school is that you can always put in your cover letter that you are graduating on this date or you're finishing school on this date. So if the recruiter sees you and they like you, they're obviously going to be like, okay, well, I already know that you're going to be able to start on this date so that you don't have to have that. Well, I'm still in school conversation. So it's an easier way to get at least some clarity to the recruiter that you wouldn't be starting until a certain date. And I think that at least in my opinion, I think the recruiters appreciated that because then they're not wasting their time on someone who they really love and they think would do great, but they need someone right now. And they all of a sudden then have to go back and look through other resumes. So I think starting, maybe I would have started in April because I think starting in March, I kind of stressed myself out a little bit too much and I was getting rejections and I was like, I'm never going to get a job. (laughs) So maybe starting in April is about a good time because you're like a month out from graduating. So April might be the sweet spot. (laughs) Okay. How about you, Greg? What do you think? So I I think that if you do an internship the the summer before your your senior year. I think that's really the time to quote unquote start the job hunting process. So if you're in that internship and it's with a company that you like and you know in a career field that you like, start making connections like right then and there. Maybe they will have something for you when you graduate a year later, maybe not. Maybe they'll have something for you uh, to do part-time while you're doing your, your senior year, you know, and you can keep a good name for yourself with that company. And then hopefully they can you know, hire you um, once you graduate. I know that not everybody can, you know, do that feasibly. Internships are a dime a dozen for some people. I would say that, you know, if you can do that, then go for it. I don't regret starting to look for a job in, in February. If anything, I probably would have started in January, but uh, that was too soon at the time. So um, February, it put my name out there and, you know, I got to see what companies are always hiring and what companies rarely hire. So I think that was good for me. I think you were just so ready <laughs> that you just wanted to get out there. <laughs> so you started a little bit early, but you know what? Also too, it can take a month, two months for some companies to go through the process of doing the interviews and then scheduling. You don't just sometimes have one interview. You might have three interviews or like you did, Greg, five. Yeah, five interviews that can't be done in a week. And then the scheduling of different managers and all of that. It's not 
you know, it's not so far-fetched that you can start a couple months early and kind of see. Also, too, I think what's really important about that is get some of your interviews out of the way before you get that interview that you really want. Make some mistakes and figure out what works, what doesn't. Because I really do recommend that you never say no to an interview, no matter what it is. So you always go, you always get that practice. Is there anything out there that you tried that didn't work? Now, I know that's a little bit different, but if someone's out there and they're doing some things, maybe we can save them some time. I don't know. You may or may not have something, but Nicole, how about you? Do you have anything that you can think of that you were doing that just didn't work? I don't know. I think one thing would be when I first started out, I was applying to everything like if it had marketing associate, marketing consultant, anything that had to do with marketing, I was applying to it. And I think if I were to go back and do it all over again, I would read a little bit more into what the actual duties are because sometimes I would apply to a job and then I'd go back and I'd look at it and I'd be like, oh, well, this says that I have to do this and I actually don't want to do that. So I think I would have read a little bit more in depth about exactly what the job entails and maybe would have Google searched a little bit to see what other like hidden things come along with jobs like this, because I probably, it's got to be in the double digits to about the amount of places I applied to that I was like, Ooh, I don't actually know if like either that's what I want to work, like what company I want to work for, or Uh if that's what kind of position that I wanted. So I think just maybe don't apply to everything. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> maybe just take a minute and yep. read and be like, okay, do I actually want this or not? Yeah. That's a really good idea. A lot of people will just send out, you know, a hundred resumes in all different directions and hope that somebody bites. And I, and I think in that respect, you really need to zero in and pick the companies. And I think that's where something is a little bit different. It used to be when I, you know, 30 years ago, I would open up the newspaper and I would apply and I would send my paper copy in the mail and, and, you know, just hope for the best. But nowadays you're actually looking for companies that you want to work for and then looking to see what kind of opportunities they have instead of just sending them out to opportunities. So I think that's kind of the shift. And also if you send out to 50 different places and you get rejections on all 50, that really does something mentally to you because, you know, you just can't handle all that rejection. I think that's a really good point. Madison, how about you? Do you, can you think of anything that you tried that did not work or was not a good idea? Not specifically, maybe not something you can control. I, when I went into interviews, I would always get really stressed out because I'm like, oh no, they're not going to choose me. But you also got to think when you're in an interview, you're interviewing the company. Like this is a job that you're looking at to do. Maybe not with the company for the rest of your life, but the career field, you might want to do that for the rest of your life. So it's really something you should be looking at as you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that. And Greg, how about you? Was there anything that you tried that wasn't a good idea? For me, I think that what didn't work was I definitely applied to positions where I was either underqualified or overqualified and when I say underqualified like severely underqualified uh just you know hopeful thinking but that was a waste of my time and then positions I applied to that I was overqualified for those like some of them I got 
interviews for, but it was really just a waste of my time and, and the, the hiring manager's time because in, in the at the end of the day, I was not really interested in that position. So I think that really understand like what you are qualified for and interested in and look for those positions rather than just anything. And I, I totally agree because if you if you narrow your search, I think you'll have more positive results instead of all those rejections that you tend to have or just ghosting. I mean, there's all of that as well that you just don't hear anything at all and you don't know whether they're actually going to be interviewing for the job at all. Can you give an overview? I'm, you may, if, if you have been sending out your resumes and you did a lot of interviewing, you, you may have many stories, but if you can pick some of the really good interviews, maybe some that weren't so good, and then the really ugly ones. And, th- and the reason for this question is most of the time people go on an interview and, and I'll ask them, so how did it go? And they'll say, oh, I think it went really well. It really did. It went. And a week later, I'll ask them, you know, did you hear anything? What what was the response? And they'll say, no, you know, I got the rejection letter or no, I haven't heard a word. But what happens is a lot of people, no matter what happens, they think they did really well. So if you can kind of give your, you know, experiences in some of the lessons you've learned in the interviewing process with the good ones, probably the one that you actually got your job, Um, some of the other ones that maybe you got offers and you chose not to take those, and then some of the really bad ones where you knew going in it it wasn't going to be pretty. It's good to have people hear those, all those stories, one, because they also are dealing with them too. They're they're hearing the rejections, uh, they're being ghosted, and then they're also thinking that they did really well and they still don't hear anything. So let's see, who haven't we gone with? Madison, how about you to start? Can you give us a, an example of an interview? So for like, for my good interviews, the ones I felt I did really good on were the ones that I knew I wanted to go into. Like I applied to jobs, Nicole and, and Greg did, that might not necessarily have been for them or something they would have wanted to do. But for the jobs I applied for that, I was like, I want this job. This is a job like I would love to have this job. I really felt really confident going in. Conversation with the hiring manager was always great. And I felt like I was almost confident just because I love the job so much. So when I was interviewing, I was like all my passion for the job was coming out. So I was like, wow, I did so good, even if I didn't get the job, just because like I know that's what I wanted to do. It just felt like that interview was such a good interview. Okay. Yeah, and that's how I felt with like my with the job I actually got. With jobs that I knew I didn't want, but I was like, I'll still try because I don't think there's any harm in like if you're really you can't find anything getting your foot in a door with a company. For those jobs, I my interviews, I felt like I did terrible. Like I I felt like I was burning up in the interview. Like half of them were virtual and I'm like, who is this? not fun but so those were the really ugly ones where it was just jobs that I I knew I didn't want but at the same time I felt like I needed to get my foot in the door somewhere okay how about you Greg so I had an interesting experience back to March when I told you that I had one job offer on the table for sure so the reason that I was thinking about 
that job and I didn't just take it uh, was because a friend helped me get that that interview and it didn't actually turn into an interview. Like I showed up, you know, like in my suit with resume in hand and met with who I was supposed to interview with. And he brought me into a room, looked at my resume and he was like, so when can you start? Why do you like HR? And then he asked, do you have kids? Are you married? And then he started asking me like other questions. I laughed it off and politely said, so maybe you should hire an HR person sooner rather than later because you're not legally allowed to ask those questions and say, oh, really? I'm like, no, you're not, but that's okay. And then he, he offered me the job and I was there for like 10, 15 minutes. And he didn't really ask me any interview questions. So I was hesitant to, to take that job uh, based on how that, that interaction went. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's why I didn't uh, take the job. But that was probably the strangest interview I have been on recently. You know, I've had some good interviews too. So uh, that same week, I had a phone interview that lasted almost two hours, uh, wow. and that was and that was for the position where I thought that I was going to get a job offer very soon because that was my second interview uh, with them, and I was on the phone with them for two hours. So I was like, "That is a good sign to me." I think that they wouldn't waste their time with me on the phone for so long if they weren't interested, but you know, they ended up you know, not going with me and not hiring anybody at all, actually, for uh, the position. Wow. Okay. And Nicole, how about you? So I think when it comes to like the bad and the ugly, the one thing that happened was I applied for a job for one company and the time and day for my interview kept getting switched due to coronavirus. So I would get up, I'd get ready, I'd get everything set up. I'd have like, I'd go through my notes one last time. And then I would get the email five minutes in saying, oh, I'm going to have to reschedule. And so I kept like getting ready and this happened three times. So on the fourth time, when I finally got the interview, I was getting asked really hard questions. So it was very situational and very sales based. And I think that's when I kind of realized that I don't want a sales kind of marketing job because the questions that he was asking, I was like lost. I was like just pulling answers out of the air because I really had no idea. And obviously sales, you have to be in it to know it because it's so different everywhere that you go. But that was kind of like the bad and the ugly because I was so prepared, but then I got into the interview and I was like, Ooh, this is not what I expected at all. But a good interview is the one that I got for my current position. And the minute that we started, it was through zoom. And coincidentally enough, this one got rescheduled as well. So I was kind of like, not down this road again, (laughs) but the second one went much better. And it kind of started off on like a lighter note and like he had asked me what I've done before and he saw on my resume that I had been a dance teacher and he made a joke about like, Oh, well I can't dance at all. And it was like, it was something that kind of like, okay, well we're just having a conversation. We're not really like being super heavy and daunting. And so, and then when he started talking about the position, it was so much more down the marketing path that I wanted to go. And I just relaxed into the interview and I felt so much more comfortable So I feel like the good interviews were when I was being interviewed for a position that I thought I would do well in. 
And the bad ones were when I was like, I will not do well at this at all. So I had a couple good ones and one very, very (laughs) ugly one. Well, and it sounds like for all of you, a couple things I heard. One is you would send your resume because you weren't positive of the situation of the job and you all wanted to get your foot in your career door. So you sent it out. But as soon as you get those interviews, your gut is telling you something either in the beginning, very first thing, whatever they say, or in the middle of the interview, or many people will have come to me to say questions that they've been asked in an interview that are not legal, are inappropriate, you know, all those things. And in this day and age, you would think that most people who are doing interviews would know the do's and the don'ts, the questions you can and the questions you can't. But it is surprising how many people are put into situations that they don't know how to respond to because they're asked a question and they really want the job, you know, like in their heart, they're saying, well, I could just answer this because I really want this job. But Part of you is also saying, you know what, if they're asking me these questions, then there's a pretty good indication that they're probably not following all the rules and regulations behind the scenes for all the other things that they need to be following. So that's a really good indication, I think, when someone is asking a question in an interview and they shouldn't be asking it. That's a red flag immediately. I do hear all of you say that you you kind of knew right there in it, whether it was really going well or no, this was not going to be a good fit. And you probably were not going to get the phone call later that said, you know, do you want this job? Which is a great segue. I would like to ask each of you to tell us a little bit about where are you now and what does your company do and what's your position? So let's start with, let's see, Nicole, how about you? I am a marketing associate one at the Schwartz Group in Gatesville, New York, and they are basically a marketing company for pharmaceuticals and medical equipment. And I basically engage with either hospitals or the doctors themselves and gauge needs. So if you get some kind of medical piece of equipment or some kind of pharmaceutical company asking like, hey, we're trying to roll out this new drug for this cancer or this new display for mammograms. And they basically have us call hospitals in the US and Canada to gauge the need and bring those leads back to the salespeople and also get some marketing collateral out for those either devices or the drugs that they're looking to get out. So. And you said you're there, you've been there a month, about a month. And how's it going? It's going well. (laughs) Had days where I've gotten zero leads and hung up on, but I have also gotten days where I've actually gotten out of work early because of how many leads that I got. Wow. They have some nice incentives there for the um, employee performance. That's great. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Greg, how about you? Where are you? What are you doing? And what does your company do? I am the Talent Management Associate at Goodwill Industries of Western New York. For everybody that's not familiar, uh, Goodwill is a nonprofit organization, and we have retail stores where you can donate goods and you can also buy goods for uh, a really cheap price. What a lot of people don't realize about Goodwill is that when you donate or when you shop at Goodwill, that money goes back into the community. 
you know, we take the, the revenue from those stores and we pay our employees and then pay our bills. And then the rest of the money goes to our workforce development programs. Our marketing manager, she always likes to say that uh, Goodwill is first and foremost about getting people into careers in the community. We have a lot of workforce development programs that help people not get jobs, but get careers. What I do at Goodwill is I help fulfill all the staffing needs for our, our headquarters and our uh, retail stores. We have 11 uh, retail stores in Western New York and a warehouse. And I'm actually hiring for just about all of the stores in Western New York. Mostly part-time retail positions is what I'm hiring for right now. And it's going pretty well. We recently uh, reopened all of our retail stores in Western New York. And we're at, not at our normal operating hours because of COVID, but we are going to be going back to regular operating hours here very soon in the next week or so. So, wow. you know, I'm really looking forward to that. I was just at Goodwill last week dropping off donations. I went to where I usually drop off at the truck, but the truck wasn't there. So then I went to the actual store. <laughs> Not all of our uh, donation centers, like the trucks or the, the trailers uh, mm-hmm. in the top. Not all of them are open right now, but okay. most of the stores you can donate to. Okay. They're close by, so it, it wasn't that much of a drive to go to the donation store. So. Madison, how about you? Where are you and what does your company do? So I'm currently working at Willcare. They are they offer home health care to people. Um, basically, it's not necessarily a nursing home. It's basically someone comes to their home and takes care of them um, and gives them any assistance they need. So that's what my company does. They're owned by a larger company called LHC Group. For my position in the company, I am the staffing coordinator. So I hire people and then I bring them through the hiring process all the way up until like putting them through orientation. I put them through orientation and then they're good to go. And then my other job is like I'm the HR coordinator for the Buffalo branch. So I do everything from hiring to like terminations as far as like keeping everything in compliance. Um, So that's kind of my position there. Wow. That's going to keep you busy. (laughs) One side note, so my website is sharphumanresources-buffalo.com. If I have a client or somebody finds me along the way and they go there, they can look at a whole bunch of different companies and go directly to all of those companies' career pages to see what kind of jobs they have available. So it's like a one-stop shop. So if you're interested at all about that, you know, just let me know on the side and all you have to do is send me your logo and your link and I'll have it up there. Okay, so is there anything that you would like to plug about your companies, either events, jobs, anything at all that you want to kind of talk about? Greg, how about we start with you? Okay, so uh, like I said before, we are hiring for a number of positions, uh, mostly uh, retail uh, positions throughout Western New York. We do have one or two CDL driver positions open uh, right now as well. So we we recently got a, a new CEO, and uh, Tom is is great, and he's really looking to make Goodwill of Western New York uh, stand out in this community. So 
we're really uh, going through and bringing in like a lot of really good people. You know, go and look at our website, uh, goodwillwny.org slash jobs, and you can see all of our job openings. And if anybody listening uh, wants to, they can find me on LinkedIn uh, as well and connect with me there. Okay, great. Nicole, how about you? Yeah, the Schwartz Group is actually, they just posted on LinkedIn a couple days ago that they're hiring for another round of either Marketing Associate 1 or Marketing Associate 2. So again, like Greg said, if anybody has any questions, because the Marketing 1 job is what I do. So if you hear this and you liked what you heard, you can also find me on LinkedIn and shoot me a message and I'll answer any questions that you have. But yeah, on LinkedIn, they're hiring right now. So Okay, that's great. Yeah. And Madison, how about you? Wilker is always hiring personal care aides and home health aides. Um, we offer free um, certification for personal care aides, and we offer them, like, we put them through the whole entire training program. We hire all the way in, like, Niagara Falls, as far out as Batavia, as far down as, like, East Aurora, anywhere in the area. It's a great job if you're looking for something part-time or like supplemental income or if you're even looking for something to be your main like source of income. Also for like just college students looking to get their foot in the door or like foot in the door but also like experience in like the healthcare field. Mm -hmm. Um, The positions, all positions are per diem so you can work as little or as much as you want. That's great. I would think now with the pandemic, I mean a lot of people may want to stay in their homes and, yep. and have care there. So I would say that, you know, that's a, a great opportunity for somebody to yep. get some experience. As we come to the end of our podcast, I always ask my guests to give us three tips that a listener could put into place right now. Something easy, something that maybe they haven't tried, but I think that it's always important to leave on a on a happy note, on a high note. So I'm going to ask each one of you, since I have three guests tonight, to give us one tip that you would suggest that's that was critical for you, that really helped you during your job search. Let's start with Madison. What would you say is something that you would give as a tip to somebody who either is graduated from college and has not been able to get their foot in the door or somebody who's been on unemployment now with the pandemic and they're getting ready to re-enter the whole job search process, what would you say to them? So I would say take advantage of LinkedIn, not just your connections, but so many recruiters uh, reached out to me through LinkedIn just because they knew I was looking for jobs. They really helped me set up interviews. Most of my interviews I set up were through recruiters. My original job I got through just applying through it on Indeed, but like it just helped me stay so motivated knowing that there were all these jobs out there that I could like potentially get into um, and get my foot in the door. So definitely take advantage of like recruiters and um, use your connections on LinkedIn. Now I have to have a follow-up question to that. Did you put anything on your actual profile that alerted recruiters that you were looking and how did you do that yeah so um when you're like current like when you're looking for a job you can go into your settings um and you can basically turn on that you're seeking a opportunity like currently seeking a job opportunity okay. and it works like recruiters that this person's currently looking for jobs 
um, and it puts like you to the top of recruiters pages so they know and they can reach out to you if they're interested. Okay, that's a great tip. Okay, Greg, how about you? Definitely uh, piggybacking off of what Madison said, uh, LinkedIn is definitely your best friend right now. Uh, so there's a few things you can do. Set job alerts uh, for all the companies that you are interested in and you will get alerts. Uh, and I also recommend having the app on a smartphone so you always have it with you. So set job alerts so that you can you know, know like as soon as you can when jobs are open so you can apply to them. Set your settings on your profile on LinkedIn uh, so that uh, recruiters know that you are open uh, to positions and you can even you know put in your uh, bio or whatever it's called um, you know I'm interested in this type of position this type of position this type of position in this area and another thing that I did that I I really think worked I shamelessly plugged myself on LinkedIn on a regular basis. You did a good I job posted, of that too. <laughs> I posted at least three times a week for a while. Like, hi, this is who I am. I am actively seeking uh, this type of role in this area. Do any of my connections know anybody hiring for this role? Yada, yada, yada. And I put like two or three hashtags in there. Like one, recruiting, the recruiting hashtag, will definitely help you because recruiters definitely look for the recruiting hashtag. Hiring uh, hashtag I found works sometimes too. Uh, and then if there's a hashtag for your uh, career field, like human resources, I use that as well. Okay. And I have to say, and I, I actually, it just um, came to mind. I believe that all three of you were a part of my spotlight series where I highlighted a student, a college student who was about to graduate. And I don't know if that helped in any way, but. It certainly didn't hurt. It definitely didn't make me a recruiter, so. Good. Okay. And Nicole, how about you? What would be your piece of advice or tip um, that was critical for you? So obviously coming from marketing, I think that this is a really good time for people to really narrow in your like personal brand, like what makes you, you. And I feel like recruiters love to see people who are confident in their abilities and even confident in your weaknesses too, because I came right out in one of my interviews and talked about how math is like, not for me, I can like make numbers switch and be backwards and math is just not a strong suit. And I came right out and said that. And he was like, well, obviously like you're very confident that you're not good at math. So it's good to see that. And so I feel like if you go into an interview and you're kind of beating around the bush and stuff and you're not really making direct eye contact and you're fidgety and all that kind of stuff, it definitely hits home with recruiters. And so I feel like now is a really good time to either sit down and really revamp your resume or at the same time, sit down and really think about what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. Because if you're upfront and confident about both of those and you're not lying to yourself about it, which is a big thing too, that is very, very good in a recruiter's eyes, I think. That's great. I want to thank you all for being here today and sharing all your stories. I mean, it's great to hear 
the differences and some of the similar challenges that you've all faced because you're not alone. There are lots and lots of people out there that are going through the same exact stories that you just shared with us. And so I think that feeling like you're not alone is really helpful. I think you all probably can agree that it feels very isolating when you're sending these resumes out and, and you're not hearing anything or you're just getting the rejection and, and it just starts to play on your psyche a little bit. So for people that are hearing your stories, they know that they're not alone. I am actually, I'm just really thrilled that each of you have found something that is in your field that you're enjoying doing. You, when you talked about your companies and what they do and what your position is, you know, you each kind of lit up and you were excited about talking about it, which is great because that that's exactly what you should be doing. And it just kind of came naturally. So I'm very happy about that. And I look forward to following you along the way in your career path and where you go and in what you do. So thank you again for, for being here today, for spending some time and sharing your story. Uh, for my listeners out there, if you find yourself out of work, either from the pandemic or just out of college and you're struggling to find opportunities that excite you, then consider contacting one of the guests today because they are in the fields of HR, talent acquisition, and marketing just to have somebody to talk to and kind of share your story. They can give you some tips, but also contact Sharp Human Resources. We can certainly help you and guide you along the way. Sometimes you just need somebody out there to talk to and to share ideas and kind of give you direction. And then you'll start to find that things start to fall into place. And, and they really do. They actually do start to fall into place. So do yourself a favor, go to Sharp humanresources-buffalo.com and contact us today and you will not regret it. I promise you. Until next time, be kind, everyone. We need to show a lot more kindness in the world and it starts with you and I. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your summer and thank you so much for being here and I really enjoyed having you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs>